Which is saying something for somebody who does broadcasting for a living. <laughs> right, right. Oh, shit. Well, all right. Well, hey. Hey, Steve. Sup? Hey. Hey, everyone. Welcome to uh, the Millennium Fandom. I am here with a good friend of mine, a long-time friend, long friend of mine, and uh, his name is Steven Walker. Hola, uh, amigo. I am your host, Michael. Uh, what do we tell the god of death this day, Bubbers? <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Steven here, he's, uh, again, yeah, we've known each other a long time. Um, he is the, uh, he's a great actor. He's done plenty of productions. He's directed plenty of productions and he's also the creator and director of live from lacrosse, which if anybody who listens to plenty of my podcasts is going to know, I'm probably going to have lots of people from live from lacrosse because it's about the only socializing I get outside of my house. Uh, plus, like, it's a room full of nerds. Like, like, and you're talking about nerd stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it works out pretty well. Yeah. It works out in my favor very well. So It's kind of um, actually nice for Nick and I to be, like, the jock nerds that are, like, even more mm. isolated, like we're mm. the minority in the crowd. We've got to like huddle in corners to talk about our yeah, nerd dump. It is kind of funny. Like yeah. I've noticed that too. When you guys, it's just it is kind of funny because the rest of us will be talking about like D and D or whatever. I mean, I mean, I'm not in the D and D loop, but I, I can like kind of get on the level or whatever. Somebody starts talking about Lord of the Rings or whatever, and then you two, you know, and the whole group seems to get into it. But then you you guys start talking about Cubs or you know like oh just baseball, game. yeah, yeah and it's like. Everybody else just kind of looks the other way and like, hey, so <laughs> you guys, did you check out that game last night? And everybody else is like, hey, did you check out my dice roll last yeah. night? Like, it's fucking. <laughs> but, but to that end, you are here because we are talking about the Chicago, the Cubs. Chicago Cubs, the Cubbies. And I thought I thought about this long and hard today how I was going to talk to you about it, and like I've decided to not talk baseball. Sure. Baseball is whatever it is. People have their preconceptions about what baseball is. I yes. will make this one plea about the game of baseball. It is the most beautiful conversational sport to watch. You can sit at or watch a baseball game yeah. and have a full conversation with somebody that has nothing to do with baseball yeah. and still follow the game. And if it's exciting, you guys will get involved in the game. If it's not, you'll keep talking and just what the fuck ever. Right. Baseball is the only sport that does that. That's right. one of the reasons why I love baseball. Oh, fair. But I am going to focus on the cool shit, in my opinion, about the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Perfect. Like, I want to bring to the table first, the Chicago <laughs> Cubs have a very famous poem written about them. What? Yeah, called That Double Play Again. It was written in 1910 for the New York Evening Mail. These are the saddest of possible words, tinkers to Evers to Chance. Trio of bear cubs and fleeter than birds, tinker and Evers and Chance. Ruthlessly pricking our gonful and bubble, making a giant hit into a double, words that are heavy with nothing but trouble, tinker to Evers to chance. Huh? Jesus. Right? Isn't that cool? <laughs> so it's about a double play. It's yeah. about a, a two-out play okay. that ended the New York Giants playoff chances mm. in 1910. So it was actually based on an event. Like Correct. It wasn't just like, oh, like, hey, I got a cool uh, rhythmic or whatever. Right, no. Yeah. It was like, that was cool as hell. Right. Oh, my God. It then became like part of lexicon in baseball. Like if you say Tinker's to Evers to Chance to somebody yeah. that's a baseball nerd, 70% chance they'll know you're talking about a double play. Like okay. it's synonymous with the perfect double play. Cool, and man. And those are three Cub players. Okay. Yeah. So who, uh, remind me, who wrote it? Uh, Franklin Pierce Adams for the New York Evening Mail. 
Oh, okay. So, okay. It was in a newspaper. Gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. But he, okay. I, like, I, I did my homework. I did a little drunk history style shit today. <laughs> uh, 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 he apparently wrote a bunch of baseball plays, uh, poems. This okay. is just his most famous one. Okay. And of course, it's about the Cubs. Chicago Cubs. Yeah, the best team on the face of the planet, period. <laughs> <laughs> period. Now, uh, right before we sat down and started really recording this, Oh yeah, you brought out some fun stuff here. Yeah, I you, you, I figured I had to legitimize my nerd dumb right. Yes. So I brought my cosplay bag. Yes. <laughs> uh, I brought with me uh, an actual brick from Wrigley Field when they renovated. They sold bricks off to to make money, and they made money off me and my family. Uh, so I have an actual brick from Wrigley Field. Uh, and then I also have replicas of the 1907 World Series ring and the 2016 World Series ring. And you just tried or 1908, on. 1908. I'm sorry. You tried on the the, the new one. Yeah. And, it and it fits me. Yeah, it fits me. Which I have a weird ring finger size, and I didn't know that until today. By the way, it, today was the first awesome. time I tried it on. It really. Yeah. Are you what? Dead serious. How have you not tried it on before? Because like my f- ring finger is so stupid that like, like you just didn't even bother. Yeah, You're just like, like nah, there's no way. No, there's no way. No. Mm-mm. We learned a thing here, Stephen. We, we learned a thing today. <laughs> I'm so which, happy. Which, by the way, uh, we didn't cover this on the top of the show, but uh, both Stephen and I are indulging ourselves on some, um, oh, what the fuck is it? It's a salted caramel whiskey. Yeah. Um, oh, Old uh, so, Smoky. Old Smoky, I yeah. believe, out of Kentucky. Tennessee. Tennessee. One of the two. It's over there. One of those southern yeah, states. Ah, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is cool as hell. Yeah, uh, that's actually really neat, and I'm really glad that you got to try on a ring. And you're like, "Oh my god, it fits!" Yeah, it fits. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to go back. Where? When did you really start to enjoy? Not even just, I guess, either baseball or the Cubs. Like, like what was it that sure. got you into the sport? And I guess so eventually playing into the Cubs. it as a kid. Where I grew up in a trailer park, um, and everybody for some reason played baseball. We played baseball in like. <laughs> like wooded parks mm-hmm. it's all we had were like common areas okay uh but we'd have like this tree was first base and this tree was second base okay. and this tree was third base but they were all like wonky and like it was two feet to first base but 90 <laughs> feet to second you know <laughs> and you'd like hit a ball and it hit a tree and come back at you like it was crazy time <laughs> yeah i swear to god awesome um, so but baseball just was the thing that's what we it's what you did yep in the trailer park, the boys played baseball, and some of the girls wanted to play baseball, too, and baseball was just the thing that we did. Okay. It was the sport. Okay. Uh, as a kid, I actually was an A's fan because of a fandom for a specific player, but where sure. my love for the Cubs came, the Cubs were just, and have been up until recently, just ubiquitous. They, they played their games on WGN, which was a super station that broadcasts from coast to coast. Okay. And the Cubs played mostly day games because they didn't have lights until 1989. Right. So their games on WGN were on, like, all of them. All oh, sure. So if you loved baseball, you were a kid, it was summer, you happened to be at home, the Cubs were what you were watching. Okay. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. So you just became, as you grew up, especially where I was from, a Cubs fan. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's what you had. Correct. Like, do, do you think then, like... If it were any other, t- if it were the Brewers or the Twins or anything yeah, else, well, like you it's think, funny that you say that. The Braves actually were playing on TNT at the time, and in the early '90s, they mm-hmm. were really fucking good. Okay, uh, and then they started growing this like 
popularity because their games were on TNT all the time. But as long as they were good, TNT would put them on. Okay. If they were bad, which the Cubs were always fucking bad. (laughs) Like, we, we have highlights, but we were always bad. Sure. They did WGN didn't care. They needed programming during the daytime. Fucking sure. Cubs are playing. That's three hours we don't have to fill. Boom. <laughs> Put them on. Done. The Braves had to be good because they played at night and TNT uh-huh. had programming they could put on. But, oh, sure. But it wasn't a lot, so the Braves got a lot of games there in the early 90s and they uh-huh. became super popular and super famous. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. All right. So, but yeah, it's funny because yeah, I, I, it's hard to say. if like The reason I was an A's fan as a kid is because they were really good and uh, ESPN would start playing them because they played late at night. Got it. They were really good. ESPN could prime time put three hours of baseball on it. Sure, you know. Sure. But no, they're out west, so their games don't start till nine, uh, nine p.m. to midnight. Boo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. So okay. So so you started to become a Cubs fan, but when mm-hmm. when when did it really start to? I guess really start to. Aff- like affect you like every everybody has a fandom where they're like yeah i enjoy it but then but yeah. then it, there, there's a point where it really how old were you and when did you kind of like realize that it really started to affect you? so it was late it was very late i uh baseball kind of kind of baseball and i had a tumultuous relationship for a while where i was just like <laughs> fuck baseball <laughs> uh, and then it started coming back and then the cubs got uh their run late uh, the, the Steve Bartman year, honestly, that was the year that it affected me. For a guy that knows nothing, you hardly know that. anything about baseball, you know that. What is that? You you don't know what Steve I, Bartman is? No, okay. I don't. I, I'm so sorry. Steve, I'm no, no, no. I, it's, <laughs> that's another thing that is so like ubiquitous. That, okay. Uh, he is the guy that in the National League Championship Series, I believe in 2006, um, he... Uh, it was earlier than that. Anyway, I'm getting the year wrong. D- don't hold me on my dates. Anyway, yeah. uh, we have five outs to go, and we will be going to the World Series. We'll win the NL Championship. Uh, a foul ball is hit to left field. It's borderline over the fence, not left fielder jumps up to try to catch it. This fan reaches out to grab it because it was coming right at him. Oh, sure. Other, Of course, it blows the fucking game. Yeah. The Cubs go on to lose. The Marlins go on to win the World Series. Got it. That guy in that moment was like, like had to leave under security. Like oh they had God. to usher him out oh, through sure. a back alley of Wrigley because there were like death threats and this, that, and the other thing. Turns out, huge Cubs fan, just <laughs> sitting in the wrong fucking seat that the ball was coming right at. Like, oh you my know, God, you know this what I mean? Poor fucking guy. Yeah. And like, I, like, it's been said before, I'm not the first person to say this, but. He took a lot of flack, like had to leave Chicago with like bad, shit. bad news bears for this guy. Right? Oh, my God. Right. Um, when the Cubs won in 16, the Ricketts, who own the Cubs now, reached out to him and were oh, like, really? hey, what do you think? It'd be cool to like mend these bridges. We feel bad for what happened. And he's like, thanks. I'm really happy the Cubs won. I'm still a fan, but I'm going to keep my distance. Like, yeah. Dude, yeah. like yeah. it was that bad. It affected him that yeah. bad. Siri, like, Siri, like life-changing shit. affected him. That yeah. fucking poor bastard. The fucked up thing that I hate about this is that that poor guy has gone through all that shit, and the Cubs lost that fuck. We had five outs to get. Alex, it's a, just a foul ball. It's still the same guy as up. Yeah. Alex Gonzalez boots the very next pitch, which is an, he commits an error. <laughs> 
they score two runs to tie, and then they go on to win. And then we had another game the next night, and we blew. They, we, we, were, we weren't even in that fucking game. Yet, oh, sure. Yet, but, but he was the guy. The story is Steve Bartman. Way to go, Dick. Right. Okay. That season, that the lead up to that season and that season is what, that's when it was like, nope, my heart is now in the north side of Chicago. Mark okay. Pryor was a pitcher that started pitching for them that his name came across my face, and then I was like, this guy is going to be fucking incredible. This is going to – Kerry Wood and him are on the same staff, really good pitchers. Sure. And then I got invested in that, and then the Bartman year happened, and my heart broke, and I was like, oh, no, you're a Cubs fan now. You know what it feels like to be oh, kicked okay. right in the balls, <laughs> like right in the mommy-daddies. <laughs> So you had you had the uplift of like these two yep. great pitchers, and you're like, this is going to be a great yep. season. Yep. And then this dude just busts your this Not dude yet. again. Right again. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, okay. it's, it's the team losing, and we have yeah. a bunch of those. Like, uh, so there's Bartman in. I want to say 2006, but I could be wrong. If you have any fans that know it, they're going to be like, you're an idiot. Yeah. Uh, there's Bartman, and then in '84 we have the Gatorade Glove, where uh, the Cubs were. Uh, going to win. We were hot as balls. There was nobody going to catch us. And then all of a sudden, we went super cold. The San Diego Padres caught us. And then we have a one-game playoff wherein an error is committed, and the first baseman blamed his glove being covered in Gatorade from the inning before. Uh, We have the 69. Yep, yep. We have 1969 uh, with the Miracle Mets, who were in last place at the All-Star break. They surge back. Uh, under the pitching of Tom Seaver and a rookie Nolan Ryan, okay, comes to a again series with us, the Cubs, who were the number one team at the time. Uh-huh. Ron Santos in the on deck circle, waiting to go up. He's the hottest hitter in baseball. It's going to be all over. And as he's standing there, a black cat runs onto the field and circles all the way around him. <laughs> what the fuck? Yep. There's what video the of fuck? that. Santa's just standing there, and he watches this cat go all the way around him, and then he just looks at the dugout like, what the fuck do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. No pressure, though. Yeah. No pressure. Cubs went on to lose that, and the <laughs> Mets went on to win the World Series. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, that's insane. So when you hear Cubs fans say that they know what heartache is, we fucking know what heartache (laughs) is. It's like us and the Red Sox. We're like, okay, (laughs) you guys are the only ones that can't tell us what that's about. Oh, I'm sorry. That's too fucking No, yeah. That's that's being a Cubs fan, man. Holy shit. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, well, let's go a little bit more recent. Because obviously they've they've had the Cubs, at least I know this much, that they've had, yeah, like you said, kind of a, a pretty... Terrible streak. Mm-hmm. A long 108 streak. years without a World Series championship. Woof. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a long time. Yeah. Um, but then they won. Mm-hmm. They took the series. 2016. And I remember coming to rehearsal and after hearing this, because, I mean, obviously, you know, Cubs win the fucking World Series, and you're just kind of like, like, I remember me hearing that and just being like, oh, well, that's cool. I bet Steve will be happy. Yeah. You know, and like our friend Alex. Alex Kent, who's yep. also in Live from Lacrosse, mm-hmm. who's, again, another great Cubs fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like, oh, that's pretty neat. And then, like, went to rehearsal, met up with you guys, and you guys just, like, shared this awesome hug. And it I'm was like, like an emotional moment, right? Yeah, it yeah. was. It I was. was. watching, I'm like, damn, yeah. dude. It's, it's, like, it's real. Like, that was real for fans of the Chicago Cubs, and there have been a lot of 
bandwagoners since the Cubs have won because, of course, there is, right? Right. It's like the hot topic. It's the popular thing, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For fans that have rooted for at least a while, that have lived and died, that have, have at least gone through 100 lost seasons, which Alex and I both have. Sure. It's it, – 2016 was like, – like people died wanting their only wish – to be watching the the Cubs win the World Series, yeah, you know man. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, they've yeah. lived entire lifetimes <laughs> and then died. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. No, like, it's it's not funny, but I mean, it's no. It perfect, like I think a perfect example is Ron Santo. I brought him up. He's the one that was circled by a, a yeah, black yeah, cat. Yeah, yeah. He retired. He was a Cub announcer for fucking ever. Oh, he cool. uh, had diabetes before he died, and he lost his lower legs to diabetes. Oh, the the prosthetics that they molded. Yeah, they put his Cub jerseys his cub pants onto those so that he would be always wearing a cubs uniform oh my god he died before the cubs oh, could shit. win and oh like, damn it yeah but the ricketts made world series rings and gave it to the santos that's fucking like cool. you know like that kind of stuff that's you know? fucking cool. yeah uh ernie banks died before the cubs could win and one of the things that a, re- a reporter wrote about it in the closing days after the series was you could hear the Go Cubs Go song from Ernie Banks's grave because there was a group of people there that were celebrating with Ernie Banks. Like, Damn, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking cool as hell. Yeah, those are the kind of th- those are the kind of reasons why I love the Chicago Cubs. Those Holy are the shit. things I love about being a fan of that team. Sure. It, now, uh, and again, I'm more of a hockey guy, right? Right. I can kind of feel that a little bit sure. with the Minnesota Wild. Absolutely. Now, granted, I have not watched the Minnesota Wild. I've not watched a Wild game in a long time, which kind of makes me sad. Uh, but for as often as we've made the playoffs and then fucking choked out. I was thinking about that on the way over here. That, like, God you kind of do it. understand what it is to be kicked in the balls like that as a oh. fan because, like, you've had plenty of seasons where you guys are, like, the hottest team in hockey. Yeah, dude. And then the All-Star break happens and they just take the fuck off and they don't do. finish the season. They do. Yeah. I don't get it, man. Like, like the they'll you know the at the beginning of the season they'll just kind of be like, meh. Like they're they're good. They're looking good. They're, they're looking all right. And then they just kind of and it's happened like a few years in a row where all of a sudden they have this lull. They said they just go on this losing streak, right? And then all of a sudden, like, you know, you're a, a little bit away from fucking playoffs. And all of a sudden it's like, oh shit! And then they just fucking ramp it up into high gear and they're fucking winning games left and right. They're sh- shooting up their numbers. They fucking either make the wild card or they do make or they make like one of the lower playoff spots, mm-hmm. you know, and then they just swept. Oh, yeah. they, they make it. They make it to like they'll they'll beat the first round. Yeah. The, like, I don't think they've ever made it past the second round. Sure. And it's like, wh- the fuck? Yeah. Man, what hard. are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. But uh, but I mean, that's that's why I, I think those kind of reasons are why it was an emotional hug between Alex and I, because we've watched our entire lives. Right. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> you know? you're, you're invested, man. You've invested a lot yeah. of love and a lot of time mm-hmm. into watching these guys, you know, and then to finally see them something that you're just really proud of, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Good for you guys, man. Yeah. It was nice. Now, uh, the only reference I, I mean, other than what I've mentioned earlier uh, towards what I know of the Cubs, mm-hmm. um, and I brought this up, we brought this up, we were talking about a little bit earlier, um, was my boy pulled out of the minor leagues. Oh, yeah, Taylor Davis. Taylor Davis. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, and I'll try to link it 
um, in the comments uh, or in the uh, in the text, there's a, there's this guy Taylor Davis who plays for the Iowa Cubs. Well, he's out on the big league club right now, but yeah. when he got famous, quote unquote, it was with the Iowa Cubs, the uh, minor, the AAA minor league affiliate. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And so he's got this YouTube video out where he basically any game that he's been playing. Uh, if for some reason he finds that he's on the jumbotron or the large screen, he finds the fucking camera that's on him and just with stares ease. with ease. Yeah, and it, it's not he does, he knows exactly where it is and he searches it out. So there's just this awesome YouTube, co- and I just I lost my shit. There's a new uh, one, I think. I think it's with his latest stint with the club because he's in the big league gear, not the Iowa Cub gear. Okay, and he's sitting in the dugout and the camera's on him, and then all of a sudden he just. Like you won't see this on the podcast, but my eyes are going to shift right to Mike. But he just goes <laughs> and then stares at it, and it, and the camera zooms in, and it gets kind of close. And somebody must have said something to him on the bench because then he's like, <laughs> and then he walks away. <laughs> <laughs> he cracked. He yeah, cracked. he cracked totally. But then what made me so happy though was when you told me that. He fucking hit a grand slam. He hit a game tying grand slam against our arch rivals uh, in Wrigley uh, for his first home run as a major league ball player. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. And I watched. He that will too. never buy a beer in Chicago, no matter what happens, <laughs> the rest of his life. <laughs> and it was great, you know, because in in kind of kind of pseudo prepping for this i was curious and so i i looked that up and i i watched it and it was just it was a short clip it wasn't right and i wish i could have watched more of like the reactions afterwards but i mean all they did was basically show him at bat show the crack and basically he's just watching it and he's just kind of looking in awe and making sure like oh god you know as he's running for first yep and then they just you know you hear the announcers and then they cut it and he did he did a little bit of a bat flip because it was a no doubt home run it wasn't like an eke out home run it was no doubter uh, but the bat flip is you hit the ball and then they, you know, yeah. like with a little authority, put the bat down <laughs> and he did. He watched it as he went to first. But if you know, I loved it because he hit it and he did the bat flip and then it was all business. Like, <laughs> oh, like nope, don't want to get plunked the next time I come up and I'm yeah, just right. a rookie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, that was that was super fun. I, and that's. I appreciate that about just about anybody, mm-hmm. you know, about in any sport, because I, I feel like sometimes that gets lost, man. You know what I mean? Like, you, you got to have fun with it. Yes, it's professional sports. and You got to take it professionally. But for fuck's sake, I mean, mm-hmm. we have professional jobs. Mm-hmm. But for fuck's sake, if anybody knows me mm-hmm. and where I work and what I do at work, it's. Not professional. Yeah. Man. yeah. <laughs> There's times where I am not professional at all. You're right. Uh, because um, you just gotta have fun with it. Yeah. So like that's what that's what was so great about seeing this guy yeah. and then knowing that he he got boosted up to the major leagues and then just fucking nails yeah. this. He's playing well. Like he, he, I'm really happy for him. I'm glad I don't know how long he's gonna be able to stay up there because he's just replacing a guy that's hurt and that guy's supposed to come off the IR soon. But oh sure. But yeah, he's he, he's playing what he hit a grand slam against the cardinals man if you do that as a cub like <laughs> it doesn't matter you're, you're doing all right you're all right you're, you're doing all right you're all right <laughs> uh i speaking of having fun john lester is a pitcher for the cubs right now and in a uh his last start uh kyle schwarber had a ball that was hit to him and he kind of ran around in a circle and then missed the ball 
And I don't remember, I honestly don't remember what happened, if it was wind or sun or whatever. Uh-huh. But in John Lester's press conference, he goes, yeah, uh, it's kind of, I'm glad we got the win because watching Schwarber run around in a circle for a ball that fell two feet to his left <laughs> kind of had me worried. And the crowd, and the the reporter's kind of laughing. He goes, Schwarber told me to say that so you guys can laugh. And then they, <laughs> they erupted laughing. I mean, that's that's nice that he's not being completely, you know, right. like like all the reporters are like, oh, okay. yeah, because they were like, oh, that was a really dickish thing to say, and then <laughs> and then he's like, no, he told me to say it. <laughs> yeah. Oh god damn it, that's fun. That's fun. You gotta have fun with that, man. Right. Fucking hell. So one thing I did want to bring up is yeah. the there's a couple things. First off, we've okay. got songs that are written about us too. We have the most famous Cub song, which is "Go Cubs Go." You yeah. heard me sing that. Oh yes. Uh, there that that was written by a guy named Steve Goodman. Okay. Uh, who was a songwriter in the '80s? He's really famous with like other songwriters. Sure. Uh, but he wrote uh, um, the. The Spirit of St. Louis song, Good Morning, America, How Are You? Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't You Know Me, I'm Your Native Son, that song. Have you ever heard it? That's written yeah. by him. But he also wrote one called A Dying Cubs Fan's Last Request, and it's this like uh, talking blues song where he okay. talks about this guy who's been a lifelong Cub fan who's dying, and his last request is to fucking burn him in a funeral pyre on home plate at Wrigley Field so that his ashes can go up over left field and into the lake Jesus. Uh, one more time. Turns out, when he wrote it, he was dying. Oh yeah, he was a lifelong Cub fan that had watched them lose time and time again. And remember, I told you in '85 we were really good. The Padres caught us. Yeah, yeah. He died right before that season, so he never even got to see the Cubs be kind of good. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, and he Damn died. Damn it! Yeah. Oh, Jesus uh, Christ! Uh, that's one thing I want to talk about. And then the second thing is, in my opinion, uh, the the jewel of the Chicago Cubdom, and that's going to games at Wrigley Field. Yes. How many have you gone to now? <laughs> Not a lot, in uh, as co- in comparison. Uh, sure, but I I don't know a handful, a ten, okay. six, some between six and ten. Okay, like that. A, yeah, fair, Enough. a fair amount. Yeah. you've been to more fucking Cub games than I've been to yeah. Wild games. Yeah, so. I've been to a playoff game. That was cool. I was nice. there. I was at a playoff game in the year we won the series. Oh fuck yeah, yeah. man! Nice. Yeah. yeah, right on. Um, so of course a lot of people know we have the Ivy. In Wrigley, that's unique to us. We have a brick wall for the outfield wall, and there's green ivy that grows up it. Yes. Okay. Uh, the outfield has weird dimensions. Down the foul lines, there's no, like, as you get farther down, there's no real foul territory. There's, like, there's like the foul line, and then, like, what's that, two inches? Maybe. Maybe maybe six inches. Maybe six inches between the foul line and the wall. It's just so, like no man's land? There's Right. So if a ball is hit down the line... <laughs> Uh-huh. As an outfielder, you're running full speed. There's a wall coming. Either it's going to land fair, you're going to catch it, or it's going to go foul, and you're running full speed at a brick wall. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. And then <laughs> <laughs> and then the bleachers. We have the bleachers in center field, which yeah. is the birth of bleacher bumdom. The reason I wanted to talk about this is because twofold. Another quirky thing about Wrigley Field is at the top of the 10-foot outfield walls that are brick covered in ivy the top of them are uh chain link baskets okay okay yeah you yeah. hit it into the basket that's a home run the reason the baskets are there they're not to benefit the chicago cubs players they're not to help home runs the reason the baskets are there 
are bleacher bums. The bleacher bums are from the 60s. They would go to fucking Cub games during the day, get obliterated in the bleachers, and cause pandemonium. <laughs> We're talking cheap beer, terrible baseball, <laughs> drunk Chicagoans, right? I don't see how this could go wrong. trifecta of awesome. <laughs> right. So what they used to do is called beer races. They uh-huh. would put a beer in the middle at center field. Sure. One guy would stand at the left field foul pole. The other guy would stand at the right field foul pole. And they would run across the top of that wall. The wall is about the width of a cinder block. Jesus. The thin part. (laughs) So people were falling. Sure. Ten feet onto the playing surface. Good. Stopping the game and hurting themselves. So their answer was to put up those baskets. Because if they fall into the baskets, you could just keep on playing, baby. <laughs> Fuck you, Chicago. Exactly. What are you doing? Yep. What are you doing? Yep. Oh, oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, just, yeah, well, uh, people keep falling. What do we do? I don't know. Put some up there to catch them. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't we tell them to not do it? Uh, it seems uh, like a lot of trouble. <laughs> That seems like a lot more trouble than just throwing a basket up there. How do we get them out? Ho- That's not them. Fuck them. <laughs> and if they're still here when we're kicking people out, we can ticket them. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Now, was- eventually, they did put, if you go to Wrigley Field now and you sit in the bleachers, uh, they did put, like, an A-frame on top of that brick so you can't stand on the brick anymore. Okay. Good. But <laughs> the baskets were the first choice the first idea have you has any other stadium done that like not to my knowledge because jesus christ no that's that does seem like one of those like it's hard you want to think to yourself there's no other way there's like there's no way that any other stadium would would do that and get away with it but then you realize the time right at that era right you're like that doesn't sound too uncommon yeah like it's just Oh, yeah. my God. In the 80s, the bleachers were fucking awesome because in the 80s, like, Chicago punk had, like, started to grow up, and that oh, area okay. of Chicago was, like, dirty and gritty. The The gay neighborhood was right there, so all the punks kind of flocked into there as well. Cool. And, like, hardcore bands. Dave Grohl's first concert of all time was to see Naked Ray Gun at the Cubby Bear in Chicago, which is okay. right across the street from Wrigley. It's still there. Damn, dude. Yeah, right across the street from Wrigley Field. Nice. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. So, like, in the 80s... Those bleacher seats, which were like soup, that's those, those are the cheapest seats in the building at uh-huh. that time until it got famous. Now they're one of the most expensive ones. Naturally. Uh, the bleachers would be full of like Guidos with their kids. Nice. Also drunk though, because it's <laughs> Chicago and it's the 80s. <laughs> punks, like fucking gutter punks with mohawks and leather and shit, sweat sure, their balls. Studs. Drunk and high. Yeah. And then like, Every other freak that just happened to have a dollar or whatever it took to get into the bleachers. That okay. was watching the worst fucking baseball ever, <laughs> you know, like, you know, and rooting their asses like, no, we're going to do it. Come on. Sean Dunstan's awesome. He has a 20 game hitting streak. <laughs> yeah. Later, we're going to go do heroin outside the cubby bear. Come with yeah, us. Come on. Yeah. That's nice. Bringing people together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. To snort some coke. To snort some coke. <laughs> it's fine. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Holy shit. So I actually, I just, I learned this from somebody today. Uh, one of my coworkers, he was telling me that um, 
and I want to get your opinion on this because it's uh, right when what was it when I think it was shortly after they put they finally put the lights in the mm-hmm. lights in uh, in the at, at uh, Wrigley mm-hmm. um, that a bunch of people all the apartment complexes were starting to get taller mm-hmm. all around Wrigley and so people figured out that well fuck we could just put fucking bleachers mm-hmm. on the top of our apartment complexes and, and charge people to to go see the Cubs mm-hmm. you know and then. Was it where the um, fucking MLB got a hold of that or whatever? So then they started building Wrigley Field taller or whoever it was. No, uh, that's not exactly true. You're you're correct up till there. Okay, uh, the bleachers are still there. Uh, so the where it, where it started is it wasn't just the lights. The lights helped because then people were home. Oh, and they weren't working. Gotcha. But uh, the popularity was there before because you could look right in Wrigley off of Waveland and okay. Clark. Okay. Um, from the tops of those buildings. Once the owners of those buildings realized, hey, we can charge people to go up there. Yeah, yeah. They put bleachers up there and then started selling tickets. Sure. The team then was like, yeah, you're not going to sell tickets and not give us a cut. That's where okay. baseball gets in. And then, I'm sorry, that's well within the team's right. Absolutely. It's their product. Absolutely. You're going to give us a cut. So they did. Now there are seven buildings that have bleachers okay. outside of Wrigley Field. Okay. Five of them are owned by the current owners of the, of the Chicago Cubs. Got it. The only two that aren't owned by them are the ones that have the worst sight lines in the corners. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just kind of playing a weighted out game with those two, sure, really. Sure. I mean, honestly. <laughs> so, but now it's very, re- like, there's, like, seat numbers and shit up there. Now, when it started, right. it was just residents yeah. of that building going up there to watch a ball game because they happen to live there. Sure, sure. There's there there's some talk about and there and I get it. There is some charm being lost with the Cubs' success and the way the Rickets are running things now. Okay. Because in order to stay competitive in baseball and sports today, you gotta make money any way you can. To make yeah. money you've got to start commodity com, making commodities out of charming things that right. were fan stuff. Right. That now you have to you you have to make money. So right. you you as a fan you get that remember when, but you also get the holy fuck we're competitive every year. So what's what's your trade off? You yeah. know what's yeah, your yeah. trade off? They they will never they can never tear down Wrigley Field. The day that they even seriously oh, propose that, Jesus. there will be a riot. I was going to on say, the north side of Chicago. Like fucking hell! Right. It's, so we're not going to lose our crown. They're going to remodel it. They're going to build it up and try to make it nice. Sure. But it'll still be Wrigley Field. We'll still have a brick outfield. It'll still be Ivy. It'll still be Wrigley Field. There's just there's no way you could. There's no, no way you could. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I, a, I feel an like actual riot. I like. <laughs> I'm I'm not kidding. <laughs> they will burn down everything except yeah. Wrigley Field. Like and like oh, you should have brought that up. Uh, like we as fans, we take ownership of that fucking thing. Yeah. When the Cubs won. Uh, the series in 2016, there were uh, just a handful of arrests that were made, but they were like technical arrests that the city dropped the charges on because what they were were people who were so excited they needed to be inside Wrigley that jumped the fence and went on the field. Got it. They didn't tear anything up. They didn't fucking piss and shit and whatever. They fucking just were literally on the field crying. They like that's what they were doing. They wanted you know, to be in the moment. In in our place, you know? So in the city, like, they arrested them, took them off, but then dropped charges because it was like, it's five of you fucks and it's not a riot. Yeah. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's how we, that's our ownership of that place. Sure. You know? That's, 
that's really yeah. cool. Like anecdotally for myself, I, it's weird, and I believe in energies. Whatever you fucking want. The closer I get to that building, the more light I feel in my chest. I swear to God. I I, I was, swear to God. I was gonna say because uh, the few times that our <laughs> that live from lacrosse, uh, your sketch comedy group has gone to Chicago, mm-hmm. it seems it's, necessary. You, yeah, you notice it, it. Yeah. necessary that you. You need to be there, mm-hmm. and I I have to say there was there was one time when we went down there and we drove down Clark because we were up further north and we went right by Wrigley and I was I, I was a little in awe yeah it's because a impressive little girl isn't it, it? it is because yeah. it's just kind of tucked in there like mm-hmm. I mean you look at all these modern stadiums and everything and they're just they're huge they're grandois they're mm-hmm. modern they you know and they're just surrounded completely surrounded by fucking acres of of concrete parking lot you know mm-hmm. and you're just kind of like what the fuck yep but then all of a sudden you're just driving down and you're like holy shit, oh, that's holy a shit. Bu- there's yeah, there it is there's fucking really field there's just, the big red marquee uh, yeah we fucking passed it yep yep. <laughs> like, yep so i mean it's just fun but but yeah i mean just the idea that that if they just couldn't there's no way there's no way that they could tear it down i mean because when i think of american baseball honestly I think of Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field. Uh, Fenway Park, I think, is the only one that gets yeah. maybe a maybe also. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I wasn't. There's only like four four or five, I think, like uh, ballparks. Is it only the I two? I think it's the two. I, I honestly think it's the two. Everything else, Detroit uh, Tigers Stadium was torn down, and they rebuilt that. Yankee Stadium, they rebuilt a replica of it, but it's not uh, Yankee Stadium. It's okay. across the street. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's Fenway and Wrigley. Damn, That's dude. It. Damn. Yeah. See, and that's yeah. There's no way. No, Jesus Christ. Mm-mm. I mean, just, it has to implode on itself. Like it has to just <laughs> one day, like just turn to dust. Like, oh fuck! I guess we need a new stadium. I guess Thanos <laughs> needs to snap yeah, yeah. and fucking. Yeah, that's what needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, just imagine if if Chicago if Chicagoans are are brave enough to apparently keep drinking Malort. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for anybody who's ever had Malort, just don't. Malort chased with an old style is a Wrigleyville curb stomp. You know that, right? <laughs> I came up with that. I don't I know. Just... <laughs> but God damn it, it's if perfect. it wasn't close it's enough it's to perfect. being the truth. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I wanna like I wanna market it to Murphy's and the Gubby Bear and, and the bleachers. Cause like I'm like, you guys, like Malort with a fucking old style chaser is a Wrigleyville curb stomp. <laughs> God damn it, Steven. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. All right. Uh well, um uh, for anybody out there listening, uh I'm looking at you, old style and Malort. You know, just go ahead, get a hold of Stephen Walker. Get at your boy. <laughs> <laughs> get this man some Malort in old style. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Well, this has been awesome. This yeah. has been actually really Really cool to talk about. Like, um, I, I I love this. I started this podcast because I wanted to learn what made people tick about about fandoms, you right. know, uh, regardless of what it is. And baseball, again, not at all my bag, right? But fucking cool. Like, it's it's fun to see somebody who's so passionate about. It. I mean, I have a brick lying on my desk right, right yeah. now, and I'm like, with I, a foil sticker on it to, to prove that it's real. <laughs> did not you did not came with it like and i left the card at home but the card like yeah there's an authentic uh, an authentication steiner yeah i've just (laughs) and it's literally it's just you're holding it it's just a brick like it's just like it's just there's nothing special about it It looks like a brick that they could have gotten from a fucking construction man 
Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, authenticated, came with a picture of them. Like, Oh, sure, sure, yeah. sure. No, it's 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 funny because it's, it's exactly one of those, like, reflective stickers that people get off of their their straight bill caps. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's so exactly it's just, what it is. It's yeah. just funny to see it on this old fucking beat up brick. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. So fresh and so clean, clean. Yep. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So I got this as a Christmas gift from my mom, and I open it, and I'm like, oh my God, is this what I think it is? And she's like, yeah. It's a and I was like, thank you so much. She's like, okay. It's just a brick. <laughs> I was like, but it's the, it's from fucking, fuck you. It's from Wrigley. <laughs> Like, your mom's like, okay. you're welcome. Yeah, I, I guess. guess. You're like, yeah! yeah. She's like, best Christmas ever! <laughs> I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, do you want like 50 bucks or something? No, I want my brick! <laughs> I want another brick! <laughs> <laughs> I want five of them! <laughs> I'm gonna build my own wall. <laughs> I'm gonna make my own Wrigley Field. <laughs> Oh shit! All right, you got you. You got anything else you wanted to add? Uh, we didn't even talk about the goat, which I love that we didn't talk about the goat. Uh, hit me with the goat. The, What's with the goat? Oh, the goat is what started the curse. The goat's the reason why we went 108 years without a championship, according to lore. A guy who owned the Billy Goat, which is a bar in Chicago, still open, uh, came to Wrigley Field and wanted to bring his goat into the game. And the uh, the ushers were like, "No, you can't bring your goat into the game." <laughs> and he was like, "I put a curse on your club." And then we didn't win for 108 years. True story. Yep. And then again, now tying into the fact that Black Cat and all the other shit that happened, maybe there was a truth to it, but it, it, it evaporated apparently. That, yeah. That is why I can't find it, but on the, on the actual rings, the actual World Series rings, they have a, an indentation of a goat head on the inside of the ring. Why would they do that? Because we beat the good. That's yeah. why my shirt says I ain't afraid of no goat. Okay. <laughs> He's learning so much, ladies and gentlemen. I am. It was so it just gets more ridiculous. It's so much ridiculous. This is this is such a crazy but but this is honestly this is And we this didn't is, even talk about Harry Carey, the drunkest broadcaster of all this time. This is true. But hang on. I, okay, we can totally get to that. I'm totally good with this. We don't need to finish this because I want to talk about more about this fucking goat. Because oh, okay, I, yeah. I, I now I'm hooked. Okay, yeah. So so some dude just shows up with a goat. Uh-huh. Yep. Does anybody know this guy's name? Well, like I said, yes. Uh, he he owned the Billy Goat Club. Okay. Which is a bar. I think that's the time. Again, I'm getting a little hazy. Sure, sure, sure. But fine, it's fine. still a bar. It's still open. It's in Chicago. Okay. Part of the shtick or whatever yeah. the fuck about this bar was that he had a goat. He went to a Cubs game with his goat. He just thought that would be cool. Yep. And they were like, no, you can't bring a fucking goat in here. And him being him was like, I curse your ball club. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for somebody who's, I guess, that big of a Cubs fan, uh, why would you suddenly curse? Like, do you have a strong relationship with this goat or something that you would curse yeah, your favorite ball club? I think he was more of a fan club? of the goat than, than he I don't think yeah. he was a fan of the Cubs. Uh, you know what I mean? Oh. Like, I think he was a Chicago business owner and it was like uh, a thing. So, okay. I, but I, I could be wrong. But okay. you're right. Yeah. Like, it seems, seems like a quick bizarre. turn to be like, I'm a big fan. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You don't like my goat. You don't like me. <laughs> I curse you. I curse you in your club. Yeah. You respect my goat. What the fuck? Yeah. I can't so believe weird. you know that. Yeah. So, okay, well, because I remember, yeah, I've seen you wear the shirt. Right. I never heard no goat. Never questioned it because I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Whatever. Comes thing. Whatever. Yeah. But, okay, so, so it was never like, uh, but that's as far as it went. It was always just kind of lore and, yeah. and always kind of this, this, chip on people's shoulder it was never actually like 
addressed, I guess. Like, like yeah, well, I mean, like, there weren't people that went to this guy's house and were like, please stop the curse. No. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. <laughs> Be a lot cooler if it right, did. Right, right. But, Might like, it's one of those sooner. things, it's one of those stories that, like, the first 10 years, it's forgotten, right? Yeah, yeah. Then 50 years go by and you're like, remember that fucker with the goat? <laughs> Do you remember hearing about, you remember that? It's kind of weird, right? And then a hundred years go by, and you're like, "Just stop talking about the fucking goat. Just stop with the goat already." <laughs> it's not the goat. It's we not just the goat. Suck. Yeah, we God. just suck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now you got to be like, mm, "It might have been the goat. It was probably the goat. It was probably the goat." <laughs> okay, so speaking of goats, Harry Carey. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Harry Carey, you should go to uh, Harry Carey's restaurant on the Navy Pier. Okay. Uh, because they have a bunch of memorabilia in it. Cool. And one of the things that they have yeah. is uh, they, help, they have the Bartman Ball, by the way, that ball. Oh, that, okay. They blew it up. Holy uh, shit. They paid $100,000 for it and blew it up. <laughs> anyway, and they have the check that, like, the cashier's check they used, <laughs> too, because they're like, look how dumb we are. Um, <laughs> but they also have Harry Carey's drinking diaries on display. What? From a... X year to X year. I think it's 85 to 87, but I could be wrong. Sure. He kept a diary of the bars he attended and what he spent in them each night. And it's never less than four bars. And we're talking the 80s. And sure. it's never less than like $10. Oh, my God. At each bar. God damn it. Yeah. God damn it. It is like legend. And it's like April 2nd, O'Malley's, fifteen. John's 25 like you know <laughs> Jesus like every and like April 16 this place this place this place it's oh incredible God. yeah it's incredible holy shit yeah <laughs> so is there ever like in this like because obviously Harry Carey has that that exactly that like this this drunken sort of meandering like just kind of eventually he was just kind of just out there talking yep I mean 100% so is there ever that nostalgia that's that you feel is lost, or, or is it just kind of like, well, um, I mean, it was fun while it lasted. Uh, no, uh, I listen to a lot of Cubs baseball now. I watch a fair share of it too, but I listen radio. Sure. And Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer, they don't get drunk like Gary did. They're a little more professional that way, but they have just as much fun. Like okay, cool, they, they cool. absolutely. I mean, like the other night, uh, for some reason, the the topic of bucket lists came up. Okay. And Pat goes, hey, Ron, do you have a bucket list? And without missing a beat, Ron goes, it's kind of a personal question, don't you think, Pat? It's between a guy and his bucket. <laughs> I think I need a bucket before I can have a bucket list. <laughs> what the hell, yeah. man? And I, to- I have I told you my no belt? Okay. No. Pat Hughes, Ron Coomer, they're doing a game. A uh, pitcher throws a pitch and his belt breaks. Oh. Yeah. So they're, okay. they're like, the trainer comes out. Uh, and they're like, what's going on? And they thought he was just going to pitch without a belt. And then somebody brings a belt, so he changes his belt really quick. Yeah. And Pat Hughes goes, well, we thought we thought he was going to go without a belt there. And uh, I tell you, I was hoping he was going to get a no-belt prize. <laughs> oh, groan. From behind him, <laughs> you hear a press, because the press booth is like open, right? Sure. You hear a reporter go, uh, boo! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, yeah. And no belt. For, God yeah. damn. Get you know out. what? No. Get out. Go out, find yourself some whiskey, and come back. Yeah. Jesus Christ. The TV guys are good. Len Casper and uh, JD, uh, Jim, I can't even think of his last name, but uh, they they don't have as much fun as Steve Stone and Harry Carey did. That, I do miss that sometimes. Right on. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Well, cool, man. Right on. Well, hey, before you leave, the yes. more you know. Uh-huh. What, uh, and it doesn't have to include baseball. It's sure. again, it's something I ask everybody. I just want to know if there's something lately that you've come across, uh, that you've really enjoyed movie, uh, TV series, uh, music, tabletop, wh- sure. whatever, what have you, that you feel like anybody who's listening would really probably enjoy. Sure. Oh man, this is going to be kind of self serving right. a little bit. You uh, do you. I'm doing this new segment on my show called Cassette Tape Classics. Yeah. Uh, and it's making me listen to, uh, early 80s, late 70s hardcore a lot. Okay. And I'm listening to a lot of really fucking kick-ass bands like uh, that either I forgot about or I'm just now finding. Okay. You know? Cool. Uh, what was I just... Uh, today's was actually Naked Ray Gun. I did Naked Ray Gun today that I talked about earlier playing at the Cubby Bear. Oh, right on. Uh, dude, uh, yesterday's band was... Oh, GBH. They sound like the Dropkick Murphys, but it's they the album's recorded in 1981. So oh, like it's all shit like that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, early 80s hardcore punk is really what's turning me on right now. Okay. If a song gets longer than three minutes, I'm like, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> <laughs> you don't belong here. Yeah. So I I would there's uh, in fact you know what there is a documentary that really kind of spawned this thought on my show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, called American Hardcore that I would suggest anybody check out. That's really cool. It talks about, because hardcore in America lasted from like 79 to 85 and was over. Huh. And it's about those six years. It's a really, really kick-ass documentary. Nice. Yeah. Where do you, where'd you find it? Uh, honestly, I think it's on YouTube, but it was also okay. on Daily Motion for sure too, for okay. free. Sweet, sweet. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, fucking awesome. Yeah. This was great. Steve, you're a swell guy. You too, Mike. I might just have you back. Aww. Well, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, we can talk about a lot of shit. We can talk about early 80s hardcore. Fucking tight. Yeah. I dig it. Or SNL. Or sketch comedy. Fucking SNL. I love it. Mm-hmm. Because that, that yes. Okay. So, hey, we might just have another episode uh, down in the pocket sometime soon. Because, yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, Steve is a huge SNL fan. Hence why he kind of created our sketch comedy show. Steve again. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. This was fucking stellar. Right on, Mike. Uh, hey, gang. Stay tuned. There's going to be another episode uh, fucking later, (laughs) 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 I hope. So anyway, yeah, take care. Thanks for listening, and uh, smell you later.